Uh, many, um, you know, pretty much all of them have started to work out in Arizona and Florida officially. Out to the KDOS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports by Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com. Matt, always good to have you. And uh, your power rankings were published earlier this week. And the Astros, even without Justin Verlander, number one. Was this a difficult decision for you? Um, it ended up not being one, and the funny thing was, it actually I had I had no idea which way I was going to go. But what I usually do for the first one, I call them the pre pre spring ranking, is I walk through why the defending champions are not the number one team. Because I, one of my things I hate is when somebody says, "Well, go back to last year. The Braves have to be number one because they're the champions." Well, no, they don't. There's always turnover from year in year out, and year before the Braves hadn't even won 90 games. So I, you know, I, I get into digging into the Astros and the more I dug into them and the more I wrote the intro and I was looking at everybody else and I was like, you know what, they are the number one. And that's only, I think, the third time in the last 12 years that I've had the defending champ going into the season as number one. The funny thing is, the other two times, the team didn't repeat anyway. So uh, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. So they just have too many pitchers basically well, too many arms thing, is, is, even yeah even if you, without if you look verlander. at yeah if you look at verlander being gone okay Fromber valdez is the number one okay he was an all-star anyway and he looked like an ace in the playoffs christian javier is the number two well he was the one pitching when they threw a no-hitter in the world series lance mccullers only made 12 starts last year now he's in all likelihood going to be there for a full season then they've got luis garcia jose arquiti uh, top pitching prospect Hunter Brown. He already got a cup of coffee last year. So it looks like they have six able-bodied starters, five of which have already proven themselves at the big league level. The four and five could be a, maybe a, num- a number three on most teams. So I think they're going to be fine. And, I mean, you never know how much longer Verlander is going to hold up anyway. So it looks like it kind of everything took care of itself on the pitching side. On the offensive side, you saw how seamlessly they plugged in Jeremy Pena for Carlos Correa last year. Pena's got another under his belt. Michael Brantley's healthy. They signed Jose Abreu. They're probably better offensively now. The Padres, they've been spending money for a few years, and that continued uh, actually in the past week, right, with the U Darvish yeah. contract extension. Uh, and, you the walk, that... and the Waka deal was four years that came That's out this true. morning. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the the Waka was like the last free agent pitcher out there, I guess, at that point. So you have the Padres number two. Why do we believe in the Padres now? Uh, one, the Dodgers aren't near as good. They they had a really terrible offseason. That's going to benefit the other teams in the division. I don't buy the Giants. I like the direction the Diamondbacks are headed, but not quite yet for me. The Rockies might be the worst team in baseball. So there's a lot of good there from the perspective of the Padres. But you're looking at they didn't even have Fernando Tatis Jr. last season. They're only going to miss him for it's around 20 games for, via suspension this year, and he got his shoulder and wrist fixed. Uh, Juan Soto they only had for the last two months, and he was not very a very good version of Juan Soto for them. So all of a sudden we're looking at, I'm thinking, a full season of good Juan Soto because he doesn't have the trade rumors hanging over his head all season then having to adjust to a new team. A full season of Tatis, not with the shoulder problems and the wrist problems. We'll see how he reacts after the PED suspension, but it seems like uh, everybody in the team is going to accept him. They added Xander Bogart 
they have four guys who could finish in the top five of MVP voting, not at once, but their upside in the individual one of those guys is top five in MVP voting. And when it's Machado, Soto, and Tatis, their upside's winning the MVP. Um, then you go to the pitchers and Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, they can pitch like aces for stretches. I like Waka as a four there a lot. They've got depth with Martinez and Lugo. Full year of Josh Hader, and it looks like he figured it out down the stretch of closer with Suarez in front of him. The bullpen wasn't really figured out for much of the year last year, so I kind of feel like everything that they were feeling their way around with last year when they still almost won 90 games and went to the NLCS, I feel like it's all figured out right now, and they're better because they added Bogart to all those question marks. Uh, so that's, I, I love them. I think they're really, really good. You mentioned the Dodgers. Uh, they're number six. Uh, that's got to be the lowest they've been at any time for years in your rankings, right? It has to be. Well, at the start of the year, remember uh, what year was that? They made the World Series. 2018? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They started out like 16 and 26. So I probably yeah, had to, that's right. Yeah. I had yep. to probably, but, but at the start of the year or end of the year, either one, yeah, I, I don't know when I ever had them lower than six because this is – uh, I mean, playoff flip failures notwithstanding, this is the marquee franchise in Major League Baseball, and six is awfully low for them, especially coming off 111 wins. But they had some turnover, man. And, and the, the lineup, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, coming off what I said on those Padres guys, obviously their upside is MVP. But the rest of the lineup, Will Smith's really good. Max Muncy, what are we going to get after last year? You don't know. J.D. Martinez, he could be washed. It, when's Gavin Lux ever going to break out? Then you're looking at Trace Thompson, David Peralta, Miguel Vargas, Miguel Rojas, Chris Taylor, Jason Hayward, if he gets reps in center field. I, I don't know, man. The organizational depth used to be their thing, but they don't seem that deep. And then you go to the pitching, and Kershaw, but how's his back going to hold up? Urias, great. Gonsolin, year-to-year, I don't know. Guard, we don't know. Dustin May? Still hasn't had a full season since Tommy John surgery. So a lot of question marks there. It almost seems like the Dodgers and Padres have flipped roles from where we looked, would have looked at them at the start of the year last year. The, the Dodgers being so quiet this offseason, are they just waiting for Darvish next offseason? Uh, Otani? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Otani. Yeah. Uh, part, yeah, I think they, they really seemed for years like they didn't care about the luxury tax at all and they were willing to go over it and, and blow it up. For whatever reason, this year, they decided we're going to reset that. And so they didn't worry about retaining, say, Justin Turner, which wouldn't have even cost them that much. And he's a, I mean, he's a rock in that lineup for them. It's, he's a steady, consistent, even if he's not even an all-star caliber player anymore, that's a steady guy, and he has been for them since, since when they acquired him, what, 2013 or 14 or so. Um, and just not even trying to retain him at all says they were all about resetting, getting under the luxury tax, not paying the penalties anymore. And that, as you mentioned, naturally your eyes go to Shohei Otani uh, hitting free agency next year. So that does kind of feel like that's where their eyes are. Yeah. Matt Schneider of CBSSports.com, curling in the sports zone. All right, the Diamondbacks, 23rd. Uh, the Diamondbacks, at least publicly, they're saying they believe in their young talent. They think they're ready yeah. to make a difference. Uh, you're not quite buying that yet, at least. Well, maybe. I mean, it's one of those things where, where show me a little bit. Um, 
but there's a chance, and I, I hope this would get some people excited, but there's a chance that they could look like the Orioles of 2022 this year. Mm-hmm. And, and that was 83 wins, and that was being in the playoff mix down to the last couple weeks. There's exciting talent there. I mean, starting with, you saw what kind of noise Adley Rushman made for the Orioles, and he got off to a really slow start. But Corbin Carroll's already had several weeks of Major League experience under his belt, so he could get to where, you know, once things clicked for Rushman, maybe some point in June, Carroll could start the season like that. And then he could be an all-star caliber player already at age 22. And, uh, you know, if that happens and things start clicking there, what if you get a good version of Ketel Marte? What if Christian Walker has bombs again the way he did last year? There, There's upside in this team for sure. I just, as I said in the comment on the rankings, as excited as I can get about the the offense and then looking at, like, Zach Gallon at the top of the rotation, which is very exciting. And I have been, as you well know, for years, high on him. Right. Once you get past him and Kelly is kind of a steady presence, ah, man, I don't know about Bumgarner anymore. And if he can he, – he has, he has little stretches of being really good, but I just don't know about it over a full season. And then the four and five spots I don't like at all. So there's some guys who could break in there. We'll see. I don't know if Kafe and I love, by the way, uh, that was after I even ranked them. I don't know how much that would have upgraded them, but, you know, the bullpen, as you know, was as bad as anybody last year. Yeah. And you're counting on a lot of internal improvement when Castro and Miguel and then Chafin were your only outside addition. So we'll see. I, I think they have the potential to be really, really fun, unlike the, some of the direct that's behind them. I mean, when I've got the Royals at 24, that shows how many terrible teams there are because, like, the Rockies, as I mentioned, are brutal. The A's are pathetic. The Nationals, really bad. Pirates, really bad. The only good thing about the Reds is their young pair of bases, but they're not ready to carry a team yet. Tigers are brutal. So there's a lot of bad teams. The Diamondbacks are not in that group. Okay, time to the New York State of Mind part of the uh, interview here. Uh, Yankees f- uh, four, Mets five. What's the difference? Not a ton. Uh, <laughs> so sometimes I just, if I think there's a toss up, in all honesty, I feel like it might jab at the Mets fans more if I put the Yankees ahead of them. So it's a, it's partial <laughs> trolling there. I mean, I, I I wouldn't do it if I didn't believe that they were neck and neck. But when they're neck and neck and it's a toss up, eh, why not? Um, you know, Montas went down after the power rankings, so maybe I would dip the Yankees right back below the Mets. Yeah. I do really like the addition of Carlos Rodon for the Yankees there. That might have been the, the thing that they were missing last year to actually stand closer to the Astros and the ALCS was you felt like they're counting so much on Cole and then maybe having to bring Nestor Cortez back too quickly. He'll be able to do it a little more this year because now he's gone deeper into the season and a lot more innings. Uh, they didn't have that third guy they could count on. And now that you've got Rodon in that mix with Cortez and Cole, I really, really like that for them. All right, we got the Angels at 17. Uh, uh, do we just assume at this point that Trout and Rendon, unfortunately, are going to miss some time? And does the Otani free agent situation factor in here at all? I don't think so. I I feel like they get distracted a lot more these days by, by trade rumors than their last year going into free agency. If anything, I think free agency is a huge, huge motivating factor 
and not that you could ever prove it or anything with Aaron Judge last year, but you've got to feel like Judge went into the year with a huge chip on his shoulder and had one of the best seasons we've ever seen. I, I feel like Otani is that kind of a performer. He might go out and be even better if that's even possible this year. Um, hard to count on Rendon at all. I'm still holding out hope on Trout. Uh, you know, maybe it's a it's a personality flaw on me and how much I've loved watching Mike Trout all these years. But I'm still holding out hope that we can get a full year on Trout. Rendon, I, there's just been too much nagging throughout his career. Uh, obviously, it's a big difference from a year ago when we had the lockout end and it was kind of a free agent, you know, free for all there for a while. Who hadn't yeah. signed? We have labor peace now. This has got to make your power rankings life a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. It was nice. Yeah. I don't think I did them last year at this point because we were locked down and we didn't know where half the right. we were going to sign. But, yeah, it was nice. And, and, and you know, yeah, even even when it wasn't a lockout, uh, the Machado and Harper year were the first version I did and neither one had signed. So, mm-hmm. And I, I even go back to, like, remember when Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel hadn't yet signed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was nice because almost everything was settled by the time I did it. And I, I did. It's funny you mentioned that because now that you mention it, I did actually think about when I went to, to start ranking the teams and I was looking, I was like, you know what? Almost everybody that would move the rankings is signed right now. And that it's not often the case. Yeah, it's almost impossible, and it almost never happens. Or even so trade rumors, or even trade rumors. Are, that's it, true. Usually, usually when I do it right before spring training starts, not everything is settled, and it felt like it was settled. That's true. But lastly, away from the power rankings part here, obviously lots of rule changes, and uh, they're going to be hot topics here, whether it's the pitch clock or the bigger bases the ban on shifts, which of these or something else that I'm maybe forgetting right now would have the biggest impact entering the season here? Uh, I think that the pitch clock, once we get through the growing pains, and there very well will be growing pains, I think, in the first few months. But by the end of the season, I think everybody will either love it or not know that they love it and not even think about it. Because I've been to minor league games and you don't notice it if you're not looking for it because they just go and they just play and they just get on the rubber, the batter gets in the box, and they go, and they don't stay in there forever. And I know sometimes in the postseason it might create extra tension or you know build things up, but I don't feel like we need that build. I feel like in the close games there's enough fun as it is. You don't need the pitcher to stand there and hold the ball for 30 seconds to build the tension at all. I think it's going to be really, really good to get back to – the good old days. No, there was no clock, but if you go back and you watch old games from like even as recently as the 80s and 90s, they just got on the rubber and threw it. They didn't yeah. stay in there forever, and it's going to be really nice to get there. Um, I, I will see on the bigger bases. I think the main thing is a lot of people don't even think about the fact that when they first made these base sizes, it was back in like the 1890s, and <laughs> human beings just are way bigger than they were then, especially yeah. professional athletes. So their foot, as a percentage of the base, was way bigger these last few years. It's just going to be easier for them to get on the bases, around the bases. And I don't know about stolen bases, but with the limited pickoff throws, the right. pitch clock, the bigger bases, maybe we'll see more stolen bases. And if that's the case, hey, it might benefit a team like the Diamondbacks who have a lot of team speed. 
That's true. That's certainly what baseball wants is they want more action and they want more stolen yeah. bases, you know, et cetera. So that's Maybe what they're it helps seeking. You take the extra base because you have a better launch off of second base when you're rounding it and you can get out yeah. in front of it and launch you towards third a little better. Maybe it'll maybe it'll do a lot more of that. No doubt, Matt. Appreciate it as always. Thanks. We'll be talking throughout the season. Looking forward All to right. it. All right. Have a good one. You too. Matt Schneider, CBSSports.com.